It's time to spring on the cold brew topped with cold foam at Dunkin'. Whether you're feeling a little salty with our rich and creamy salted caramel cold foam or a little sweet with our smooth and velvety sweet cold foam, we've got the perfect sips to match your springtime mood. So it's like a choose-your-own-cold-foam adventure? That's right. And no matter which smooth sips you're feeling, you always win. Well, then I'm in the mood for an adventure. Spring it on with salted caramel cold foam and sweet cold foam at Dunkin'. DD Perks members can enjoy a medium for $3. America runs on Dunkin'. Exclusions, additional charges, and terms may apply. Participation may vary. Welcome to Women Winning Divorce with your host, Heather Quick. Heather brings over 20 years of law experience that advocates and empowers women to achieve happier and healthier lives. Each week, we provide knowledge and guidance on different aspects of family law to help lead women through the difficult and emotional legal challenges that they are facing. Listen in as she discusses issues including divorce, custody, alimony, paternity, narcissism, mediation, and other family law issues to provide insight on the journey of women. Women winning divorce. Welcome to the show. I'm Julie Morgan, and I'm joined by your host, Heather Quick. Hi, Heather. It's good to see you again. Good to see you as well, Julie. How are you today? I'm doing quite well. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Good. Another terrific topics. I don't know who comes up with these topics, but you know, they're doing a great job, I tell you. So, well, yeah, they are. And you know what? It's what the women want to hear. So, hopefully, they're on and listening to these things because that's really where we get a lot of this content. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And this topic, you know, I think about it and it's it's really it's going to cover uh, something that even if you did not get a divorce per se, but you and your partner are no longer together, it's becoming a single mom and reinventing yourself. How important is this? Because when I think about this topic, I think about our very first show together and how you talked about the fact that you were about empowering, I can't even say the word, empowering women. How important is this? Well, I think this is really the very top of the list because when you are going through a divorce, which is a life-changing event, And, you know, we may have touched on this in a previous show, but when you're married, it's natural that that is part of your identity. Um, Just like being a mom is part of your identity, but being married is part of your identity that you really, it's, it's such a shift that shouldn't be underestimated because now you may still be a mom, but now you are a single mom. And, you know, however you identify with yourself as, or you identify as, like, I was married, now I'm single, you've got to really psychologically, like, accept that and hopefully in a positive way that, you know, this is all going to be okay, it's going to be different, but that doesn't mean it's going to be bad. And I was thinking that there's power in positive thinking as well. It's true. Just like the negative. I mean, I think that has a lot, you know, and there's been studies, you know, as far as what effects that have on your health, certainly your physical health, your mental health and emotional health by the way you approach these types of issues. But I also think about this and I say, but it is normal to feel sad. It's a normal. Absolutely. I mean, it's going to be like a whole salad mix of emotions as you go through the divorce. And you're going to have a little bit of everything and they're going to, you're going to go back and forth, you know, and seems like a roller coaster. And I think that is not only normal, but very healthy. Get them out. If you bottle it all in, you know, where's it going to go? And one day it just may, you may explode. So 
Absolutely. Feel your feelings, acknowledge them and move on. You said acknowledge them and move on. But you have to actually take the time to grieve the life that you had. Again, here comes the point where we talked about therapy. Right. And having that moment, giving yourself that time. And honestly, it can seem indulgent, you know, to give yourself that time to talk and rehash it. But it it can be very valuable, you know, and it may maybe forever may not maybe for a period of time. Um, and ideally, I think that's what it would be. It'd be for a period of time, maybe more intensive to give yourself an opportunity to flesh out these feelings, emotions, so that then you're not lashing them out or sharing them with your children or, you know, your ex-to-be, your ex-husband or family, because that's exhausting for everyone else. Mm, you touched on a point. It also helps you to be a good parent because after you've gone through this process and you're able to let it go, then you're able to parent in a much better way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this also can strengthen your children as well. Help them overcome any obstacles. Well, it is because they're going to look to you, both parents, you know, they're going to look to you. Well, you can only can control how you show up for them. And so they're going to look to you. And I think knowing like, hey, we're everything's going to be okay. Everybody, we still love you. And I am not an emotional wreck that you now have to take care of because children will, you know, I mean, obviously kids look to feel like, oh, I've got to protect you. And, and that's not, there's not anything wrong with that. Like, I'm not saying, hey, kids should have, like, they should have those strong feelings for their parents, but in a sense of, hey, you're okay. Remember, I'm still a parent. I can still take care of you. You are being cared for. I have not, you know, just fallen off the deep end and you're out there on your own. You're still letting them be children. It, it helps. It helps in that way and not making them grow up too fast. Yeah. And they will by nature of their experiencing a life event, maybe earlier than other kids. But we all do. We know that's life. Things happen. And it's maybe earlier than some of their other friends or kids. But. You know, I believe if as parents and as a mom, if you handle it in the best way possible and take care of yourself so you can take care of them, they're going to be fine. And they're going to have learned some important life skills that will help them. It will absolutely help them down the road and as adults. Something you have to consider, though, is will there be enough money to take care of me and the kids? Yes. And that I would say is probably the number one fear, concern um, for anyone going through a divorce, particularly uh, women who are not the breadwinner. So that's something that as their attorney, you help them with as far as getting to that number in order to help you to take care of the kids after the fact. Exactly. And so those numbers, yes, we work through with that. And many times this is... um, you know, it can be one, it, well, it's usually always eye-opening if you're not, you know, really involved with the bills or paying the bills or, and, and I will tell you from whatever level of finances, you know, it's still going to be a, a bit of a change. And that's where we help our clients. Like, okay, well, this is, you know, your lifestyle. This is the, in, the money available And this is what we get to count towards 
say alimony, child support's a formula we have to look at if it's an alimony case first. Then we look at child support, but everything, you know, as you know from doing this for so long with us, it kind of all melds together, but it all does relate to one another. And that's where your attorney should be spending a lot of time with you and their staff. And like we do with the paralegals, like really working for the financials, understanding essentially what comes in now and what gets spent now, you know, so that you have a clear picture and then we can look at this is what we see afterwards. And, you know, this is what we expect to where the case will resolve itself, whether that's in an agreement or by a court, by the judge. And if you'd like to listen back to the shows on alimony, you can go to our website, womenwinningdivorce.com, to listen and also download and subscribe to the podcast. So in addition to money, you also have to think about shouldering those responsibilities, those daily responsibilities involving the kids and also the ones not involving the kids. Yeah, it's, you know, it's going to be a change. Now, I will tell you, for a majority of people getting divorced, in my experience, um, it is the fear of what it's going to be like is probably more so than really what it is because the relationship hasn't been good. I mean, you know, and even if, you know, you're a woman, you're like, well, I didn't even want this. But then you come to the realization, hey, it wasn't that great. And, you know, whatever was going on, we're adjusting, but now maybe there is more peace in the home. You know, actually, we didn't ever talk about this stuff before. So it's not like, you know, I'm missing out on that. And actually, what a lot of women find is, why does he want to know all of this? He has never cared who the kids' teachers were, what they were doing in school, or the extracurricular activities I signed them up for. Now I have to get his permission, his agreement, you know? So can you imagine now that is a reality of a lot of things that there is almost more frustrating than the lack of talking about it. You know what? I didn't even think about that part. Because you possibly, the woman, the wife, possibly handled all of that and he allowed that right that's that was the he agreement he had benefited he right. didn't have to make any decisions he wasn't having to deal with the grades all the emails from all the teachers on the school and the school events and yeah no he got a pass yeah signing the the papers uh, just in case the child got a bad grade make sure your parents see this he didn't have to deal with that but now right. he most, does most likely not yeah Doctor's visits, making sure the immunizations, the school forms the kids need. It is a lot. I didn't even think about that aspect of it because, and you know what? I wonder if men, I mean, do they think about it? I wonder. Well, I would, I I could offer a guess and I would say no. (laughs) No, I don't think they think about that either. No, not at all. Correct. That's a good one. Another thing we talked about also on the show about alimony was about making sure that you are financially independent or trying to get to that point so you don't have to rely solely on the money coming from your ex. You know, that is a goal that I may have, our office may have for so many women that maybe that's not their goal right now um, because they can't really see that. But, you know, I will tell you that particularly in the, like in the world we live in now, like it's 
different. The ways to make money are different. There's so many opportunities for women that I, you know, I see all around. I think it's fabulous. And like the, whether it's those multi-level marketing things, but women make a good living on so many of those skincare, makeup things that allow them to have flexibility. They don't have to go get a degree. They don't have to work, you know, a structured nine to five. And I think that is amazing. And I think that, you know, women maybe say, I don't have any experience. It's like you have a whole social circle, you know, especially you're, you've been raising a family. You've been really logistically doing so much and you leverage the people you know and your friendships to, you know, maybe provide just a little bit of extra, but then recognizing what you could do for yourself. I just think it's great. You know, I think I remember, Julie, you and I are so young, but I remember hearing about, you know, I remember the Avon and Tupperware back in the day. You know, we've heard about that. Yeah. And, but that was like it. And it now, I mean, you can just be on Facebook and, you know, maybe your interest is, fitness or coaching, there's so many things you can educate yourself and then begin to have a type of career, a type of, you know, extra source of income that I just think is amazing. And and that's the way I look at things. Like there is a lot of opportunity and I know that it seems fearful, you know, and women are like, oh my gosh, am I going to have to go, you know, work for minimum wage? nobody's going to make you do anything, but like, if you can expand your mind to everything out there, I mean, I see stuff being sold all the time and, you know, and I'm way behind on the TikTok and all that. I mean, my kids, you know, my son's like, mom, let me play more video games. I can make all this money, you know, on YouTube video games. I was like, I don't know that you're that good and I'm not ready to commit to you doing, you know, that eight hours a day, but he's got a good sales pitch for it and it's out there. It really is. It really is. And it's about, and I can tell the way you expressed yourself right there, I can tell how passionate you are about the topic of um, making women feel powerful. Absolutely. Well, it's amazing because, you know, if you've never really earned your own money and spent it or invested it and done things based on your ability, you just haven't experienced that as a how free you feel compared to that before because you've just maybe you know sometimes you don't even know you don't know what you don't know you don't know like that feeling but then all of a sudden you're like well I can go buy a car now and qualify like I can do this for myself I am not dependent and that's a great feeling even if you are married to be able to like hey I can do and contribute because I get a sense of accomplishment on my own. And I do think that's important, you know, for women in general to have that feeling can be from just even a part-time job, some little thing, you know, I mean, there's just so much, there is so much out there that, and I think it just does give you a sense of you know, there's more to me and my identity. Like as we started the show, then 
just a mom and a wife. Like I can do this. I can, you know, I can sell this. I can learn about this. I can contribute back. I do believe that's really important for, you know, for all humans, but many women, you know, during this transition to experience that and have that going for them psychologically. You're listening to Women Winning Divorce with Heather Quick, owner and attorney of Florida Women's Law Group. We're taking a quick break here, and when we return, we're going to talk about when the kids are with the other parent. What happens then, and what should your relationship be with your ex? Stay with us. Welcome back to Women Winning Divorce with Heather Quick, owner and attorney of Florida Women's Law Group. So, Heather, the kids, they have to go with the father at some point, right? We can't stop that from happening. <laughs> no. And, um, you know, obviously there's the extreme cases. But as far as the norm, no. And honestly, you really... You don't want to. It's good for the kids. And I, you know, the saddest thing, you know, we're going to talk about co-parenting, which has its challenges, no doubt. But any woman listening to this whose children's father doesn't show up and doesn't make the time for them, they know that that's really hard, too. So that is another thing that, you know, we don't always think about that because we're like, it's so hard. But it's like, I promise you. You you really don't want it the other way because of what your children's heartbreak is. When I let the kids go out, go to to spend time with their father, I shouldn't be afraid that something's going to happen to them all night just staying up and trying to figure out, oh, no, what did I do? Yeah, I mean, the time to have thought about that was before you had children with this person, I got to tell you. And I know that's not helpful advice because that ship has sailed. However, you know, and I mean, and that's... Uh, that's the reality. And I get it. I have heard that on many, many occasions. And frankly, I would have felt the same way when my kids were little. You know, I would have because I've got this crazy, like, protective, just, you know, so much love that it's scary to think that I'm not there. But even though we are both doing the same thing, which is sleeping at night, hoping they don't wake up, you know, things like that. But that is just not productive and it, you will drive yourself crazy. And you have to trust, hey, you did choose to have children with this person. Maybe there was something about yourself there that made that worthwhile. And I've heard it all the time and they're not who they thought they were and they don't know how to give the kids a bath. They're not going to feed them good food and they're not going to put them to bed on time. And that's true. They're not. They're different. It's going to be a different experience at their dad's house because you're different. And you don't see eye to eye on a lot of stuff. And probably parenting is one of them. So. But I think about those things and it's interesting. Those things aren't necessarily the end of the world. It's it's OK. Right. Not going to bed all time. All right. That's fine. They may be tired the next day, but, eh, you know, you know, and it is. And having, you know, raised teenagers and, you know, throughout and been throughout, hey, when they're younger and they stay up so late, they're really cranky. And then you are, you you know, everybody has the tantrum that next evening they're tired, but that just happened in life. It's kind of like if they went to see their grandparents for the weekend, you know, they got way too much sugar and got to do whatever they want. And I recognize that. And I think particularly as women, I will say we expect them to do it the way we want to do it and the way we said to do it. And I think they intentionally do not. 
they do for a while there because maybe, you know, it's like, no, we don't have to eat at, you know, 630 and then bath time. You know, we don't have to be on this rigid schedule because I don't want to be, I'm not living with you anymore. And I love my kids and we're just going to do what we're going to do. And those are the types of things that drive most women crazy because it's different and, and it's going to be an adjustment when they come home. Like it always is. It's that first 24 hours. Because kids are really trying to, you know, they're trying to understand like the different emotions they feel with that. And so they act out and there's just an adjustment when they come back and that's normal. And yeah, no, I no mom likes it. They're like, well, if he would only do X, Y, Z, I wouldn't have to deal with this. Well, that's just not going to happen. It really isn't. So there is going to be that period when they return and maybe they are tired. You know, maybe they're wearing a dirty shirt and they tell you they've eaten at McDonald's three times a day. Um, a lot of this might be more in the beginning because then, you know, I mean, people realize, hey, this is like, this isn't good. This isn't healthy and we got to get some stuff done. And so I do see sometimes it 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 becomes a little bit more normal to the extent that it really depends on how much time they spend with their dad. And we're going to get to that. Like, but if it's just a short, you know, every other weekend, which that's not really the norm anymore. That's the way it used to be like, you know, 20, 15, 20 years ago. So the more time actually that they spend with their other parent, you know, the more they're like, they, it's just life. Like we got to do what we got to do. So I think, to give women hope. The more time they spend with him, the more structure they'll have when they are with him. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. You know, I mean, and the more you can let that go, the better off you're going to be. Yeah. Also, you got to think about having a respectful relationship with your ex. This is interesting because you can use the kids as a little spy, right? Yeah, and that's terrible because I think they're going to you know, kids are naturally going to share stuff. And I think you should just let it. Don't react. Don't then go. Because then I will tell you, if they tell you, you know, they spent the whole day at Chuck E. Cheese or whatever. I don't even know if those things still around. But Dave and Buster's. And just if you then go give their dad a hard time, dad's going to tell them. You know, I mean, it just turns into then they're not going to share. So, you know, listen and try try to be supportive. Don't be making notes on all the stuff that you're going to give their dad a hard time about. Unless it's really significant, let it go. And by you, you know, chastising or trying to control the situation through that parent. Otherwise, it comes back to the kid. And then, because then the dad's going to be like, come on, I want to go here, but don't tell mom. Like, she's going to give us a hard time. You know, then you end up being the bad guy. And then they're they're not going to tell you. And you kind of want to know, and you really want to know that, I mean, ideally that they're, you know, they're obviously safe and, and that they're growing that relationship because their relationship with kids and their parents changes after divorce. And it's more of a, you know, they have a relationship with mom and then they have a, a different kind of relationship with their dad, you know, but, but it's just going to be different and they may get way more attention from their dad than they did when y'all were married. So make sure they have a positive a view of both of you. And absolutely a positive view of mom and how she talks and treats their father. I very, very much think that is the way to go. 
You can't control what your ex-husband has to say or the way he talks about you, but you can control yourself and your children will appreciate that and they will respect you for that. And if he really is as bad as you say, they'll figure that out eventually. But they won't think it's because, you know, they'll be more resistant if you're the one always bad mouthing or criticizing. Yeah. That's funny that you, you've said that multiple times over different shows that they will figure it out eventually. They really do. They do. And, um, and it's hard and it's, you know, but we as humans, the earlier we can learn, I think, coping skills and dealing with change, the better off we are. The Disney parent. Of course, we're not advocating any particular theme park or, or business, but this does happen. Yes, and I am partial to Disney, so I think I can say that just because I love Disney World. It is magical. Okay, so <laughs> I am too. I got I to gotta tell you, I have a Band-Aid on my finger, and it's Mickey Mouse. I am a Mickey Mouse crazy person. We are on the same page. I see, I knew. That's why I like you. Like, I could just read that, you know, that magicalness. But because, you know why? Well, one, I think my, I know my parents took me when they were together, but then after. Guess how many times I went to Disney World? You know, me and my brother with my dad. And there are a couple things to this that I share for all parents and particularly moms because it really, I know, drives them crazy because they're like, he's got the money to do that. I don't. I feel like I can't provide that. That Okay, that may in fact be true. I get it. It's different and it could be a different situation. But, you know, many times... The dad is like, well, I don't know what to do. And this is the easy, this is a way I know how to show I love my kids and keep us occupied and have fun because I left or I did whatever. I'm not there. And so one, I mean, I think that in truth is part of it. I really don't believe, and and obviously every case is different, but I don't believe they're doing it. It's not about you. As a mom, it's, it's really not. They're not doing that to get back at you. And I know it feels like it. They're doing it because they're trying to build a relationship with their kids and they're trying to figure out what do we do if we only have a few a few days together? Because, you know, I think where everybody thought, oh, it's the Disney dad um, is back in the day when it was just every other weekend. You know, it wasn't part of the school day, school week where there's homework, there's, you know, sports, there's things you just have to do. But a lot of times on the weekends, there wasn't. And so it's kind of like, all right, you think about the dad. He's like, all right, now I've got like a two-bedroom apartment. You know, we're not in the neighborhood with all your friends. If mom and you guys stayed there, it's going to be a different experience. And he's looking for ways to entertain the children and also build a relationship. It is rare that that is sustainable for many years. It's kind of, you're going to see it in the beginning a lot more. And your kids are not like the worse off for it. You know, there are so many other things they would that I think could be damaging. But of course, as I've told you, I went to Disney World a lot. So I don't really see that as the worst thing ever. No, I don't think it is at all. But a mom may look at it that way because she's thinking, I have to try to compete. Yes. And Julie, and I understand that, you know, for, for these women, because I am ridiculously competitive in situations that nobody else is, you know, like, I mean, they're like, we're not competing, but I'm like, oh yeah, it's all, it is like that. So I get it. Like I do like, that's just the way I am. And it's, 
and, you know, and it's not quite right, I'll tell you, but the more you can change that way of looking at it as a competition, the better off you're going to be. Honestly, you know, I, I just, I can really empathize with how that feels. And I know my mom felt that way, you know, kind of, but we did, we had trips, we had fun, they were different. And of course we went to Disney too, you know, it's just, it's just understanding. So kids know, kids love stuff. Are you kidding me? Of course they do, but they do love, they know who stays up with them at night when they're sick and they know who reads them their stories and cuddles with them. And like long-term, I think what any parent wants is we want our kids to feel loved really by both parents. You do. You want your kids to feel because that really affects the way they develop. So I understand that innate need to compete with everybody and that who even aren't, aren't even competing with you. And that is the sooner within a divorce that you can separate yourself from that or not look at it that way, the better off you are going to be. And that will be something that takes a conscious understanding of how you're approaching that and beginning to look at things differently was really interesting that keeps coming up without you actually saying it is that the father he's just trying to do the best that he can i do believe that but everybody's best is different you know because you've got the only tools you've got and honestly it is a lot based on the way you were raised the way you grew up your belief systems and unless you're that small percentage that's just not and those those people are out there they are and they and I I'm not even going to say it's all dads or moms. There are people out there who just don't have this and they're not trying to do the best they can and they're not doing anything. But I think the majority of people it's just also a better way to view and look at life and at your situation. Going back to how do you want to live the rest of your life and always going to be connected to this person by the children. Like it or not. So, you know, I know, oh, well, they're going to be 18 and 10 years. Okay. But then there's always somewhat of a connection because, you know, the children are a part of both of you. So that's where the work is. And um, it's with you and the way you're going to, you know, resolve that. And, you know, I just admire people who really work at it and women who really work on it. And they are, they are happier and they have better relationships with their children. And that doesn't mean being best friends with your ex. That's not really required, you know, at all. Another thing I thought about, though, the kids, they may try to use this, use the oh, situation. Girl, so much, yeah. I mean, come on now. And I, I can say this uh, because I have my lovingly little, you know, three angels. And children are manipulative by nature. I mean, come on, from the very, very young age, they say, oh, if I cry, I get this. I mean, they are. And shoot, once they become teenagers, they know how to work the system. And that's normal. It really is normal behavior. And yeah, they're going to work you and work them. And the smarter they are and the better they get at it. And that's not them. And I'm not saying they're being deceitful or anything. They're just, you know, working it. And they will maybe play one against the other because that's just what kids do. It's really not out, you know, to hurt one person or the other. But yeah, you gotta, you gotta stay tough and set the boundaries and be strong 
and who you are and not that dad said this could happen. And that, that those are real issues that, you know, you will deal with, I think, as a, as a single parent, you know, dealing with your ex really all through their childhood adolescence. I mean, there's going to be a dad said I could do this. And, you know, sometimes then you're like, maybe you don't agree. Or maybe you're concerned about the finances related to such an activity or a trip. And yeah, that it's just as again, we go back to co-parenting and it's going to take and it really trying to communicate. And sometimes I think, you know, it's going to go where, you know, you get the final say it's no, they're not doing this. And maybe sometimes it is him. You know, that's going to there are going to be those situations. You're listening to Women Winning Divorce with Heather Quick owner and attorney of Florida Women's Law Group. We're taking a quick break here, and when we return, we're going to talk about reinventing yourself. Stay with us. Welcome back to Women Winning Divorce with Heather Quick, owner and attorney of Florida Women's Law Group. Heather, this is a perfect time for women to reinvent themselves. Absolutely. But I'm like, how do I do that? Well, and that is the big question, right? You have now some time that you may never really have had before for whatever reason or virtue that, you you know, you really were never had a break or a weekend off. And so that's going to be different. And it can be a great time for you to maybe figure out who you want to be. And what you like, maybe you've pushed aside all the things you like for so long, you don't even know. I just want to say preach. Yeah. (laughs) Don't pay attention to me. But I mean, you think about this, you will have some time, right? So when the kids are with the father, you can do something new, try something new. Instead of sitting around, possibly sulking, right? You can try something new. Absolutely. And, you know, and it doesn't have to be like you go out skydiving. I mean, it doesn't have to be that big of a, I got to go do something like that. It can be maybe some type of new exercise. Like, oh, I've wanted to go to this yoga studio. Maybe now all these classes, you have the opportunity to go try new classes, new gyms. Um Go for a walk on the beach. Maybe just sit and read a book at the beach, you know, because most likely four years at the pool or at the beach, you're not sitting there reading a book. You're watching your kids make sure they don't drown. So now you could go and just indulge and just read a book outside if you like the outside without that other responsibility. Sit there and relax. You know, I I thought about that. It's possible that you may have associated, you know, I don't like this because I have to do this at a particular time. Why not try it again when you do don't have to when you don't have that responsibility? Exactly, because you may look different and that may have been some time ago and things are different now. Um, you know, one and not everybody likes to read. I love to read for fun. And you know, I read a lot of business books, self-help books, but just a lot of novels and, you know, and that is like one of like such a treat. If I can go to the beach, cause I do love, you know, going to the beach, being out in the sun and just read a book and not have to watch anybody. That is a luxury for me that 
doesn't cost much money at all, really. And it's just peaceful. Um, and so find what that is. Maybe it's just a nice walk and somewhere different or a bike ride. So it doesn't always have to be an exercise or anything. You know, I'm an out, I love being outside in, in Florida. We have that opportunity all the time. But you know what also can be amazing? And, and I know this is something, you know, we're going to talk about, but like painting. And I'm not trying to like paint a wall or something. Um, and I, I'll tell you a funny story about that. But like that, it, you can learn a lot from that. And it's very, actually, it's very mind. It clears your mind a lot to, you know, paint. That's so funny. I was thinking about that. I was thinking, I mean, there are, there are so many places that offer, you know, paint and drink a glass of wine. I mean, that's just awesome, right? But yeah, yeah, you don't even have to do that. You can sit at home and paint your wall while you drink a glass of wine. Absolutely. And if you do that, it's probably, you know, well, it depends how much glass of wine, because let me tell you, I, as you know, in my 20s, I... I had a place and I was like, I'm going to paint the walls because it's a very dated old place. And I, shocking as it may be, had never done anything like that in my life. So, um, and I did this in law school. So it was like during exams. So I'd go to the Home Depot. I was like a regular Home Depot, get a can of paint, you know, a roller, a paintbrush, whatever. You know, come back the next day covered in paint. I need more paint because, you know, obviously I'm not very good at it. And I had like calluses. I've never done anything that hard in my life. I, I'm I am being absolutely honest. Like a 26-year-old, I've never done any kind of manual labor whatsoever. And it was, I was, I have quite the appreciation for somebody. And I'm talking painting walls, people. I'm not talking artwork. Like that's even a whole nother level that I do not possess those skills. But you know, you're focusing on keeping the paint on the wall, if you're like me, on the wall, not on the ceiling and not on the trim, it it allows, you can't have all these other thoughts that may be self-destructive and maybe you're brightening a room and changing something. Paint really is, is not that expensive and it's a very nice way to change the environment. Let's say you're in the, you know, the same house and you just start with a bathroom or something like that. It, um, I think it can be very healthy as also like starting, you know, making something fresh and new. Yes, fresh and new. It doesn't look the same as when he lived there. It's liberating and it also gives you a sense of accomplishment. Yes, all of those things. And, uh, you know, and if you're like me, like it wore me out, man. I remember it, the a day of painting, and of course I'm covered in it, so I've got to soak in a tub, and I'm like, how am I ever going to get all this paint off my legs, you know? But that's why they wear coveralls, I guess. But they're also, painters are better and don't get so much paint on themselves, most likely. But all of those things, and, you know, we're talking about reinventing yourself, new start. It's a new room, even if it's just one little space. Is some a sense of accomplishment and all those things that you listed that I think are very healthy. When he comes and over, and a to good way, and a good way to spend that weekend if they're not there and you're worried about being sad, especially in the beginning. I, I do think in the beginning to be very purposeful about what you're going to do will be very helpful. 
And when he comes over to pick up the kids, he'll see that the bathroom is yellow and he never liked yellow. And you're like, yep, I did it. No, I'm, I'm just, I, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. Yes, I am. I'm not helping. Anyway, so. Oh, well, you are because that's natural. But you know what? You're just, you're making decisions now that you can make on your own. And you do not have to get consensus or agreement. That's what I was thinking. Hmm. Another thing, but you have this peace and quiet, right? You could go to the beach, sit down, read a book. But as a parent, you may feel guilty about doing that because you don't have the kids with you. But you should take that time. That's right. You know, I agree. And don't. Yes, you can have that guilt, but isn't that better than being sad? And you enjoyed yourself. So I think it's a process. It is a process. Um, and for every woman, it's going to be different. And I think, you know, that's at least helpful so, so that they know. You know, in, in your approach, you say it's going to be different. It might be harder for you on some days, easier on others. And it, the more, I think, secure in how you feel about your relationship with your children that I think the easier that's going to be, and it's going to get easier as time goes on. But it doesn't feel like it at the beginning that it's going to get easier. Right. Just like exercising. You're like, are you kidding me? You know, you run a quarter mile. You're like, it's not going to get any easier, but you, you work it up on it and it does. Yeah. You build your endurance. Exactly. Yeah. This is a good time to make new friends as well. Yes, because you may be in new situations where you're not with couples as much, or maybe some of your friends previously, you know, are, it's just different. And you want to have a different conversation than about the married life and married trips and husbands. And so you're like, well, I, want to just maybe make some new friends. And so that is where maybe new activities um, will help because you're going to different places like, you know, yoga or things where you would interact with other people, like a fitness class, or you've maybe joined the Y. And so where you can interact with other, other individuals or, you know, a church and a different group, some people, and that's a great way to meet other women and friends. Um, so there's, there are a lot of places, but it may have been so long ago because now it's, again, doing something different, stepping out of your routine. Stepping out of your routine, you think about your friends, they're probably important to you. But then you also had those friends that you had as a couple. That's, that's difficult. That really can be. And, um, and I think that's natural and it, you know, it may be different and it may not, you know, they may, there may be some friends who are really like supporting you, but, and I think if you, even when your friends support you, sometimes the men are still friends with the guys, women friends with the women. So it's going to be different. Like I said, it may not be when they invite all their couple friends over and you may feel different. And, and you know, I think that you never know. And I think every situation is going to be different. And it's really probably going to depend on the level and depth of that friendship. 
as to how it will change or not change. And I wonder if you ever get to a time, get to a place where you can all get together again, possibly with your new significant other. That takes growth. It does. And, you know, it's, you never know. As a single mom, you try to be perfect, right? And because you're thinking, okay, I did all of this. I I had these responsibilities before. I'm going to try to keep up everything. And I'm going to try to stay. It's going to be just right. You have to try to fight that perfect that that's uh, that sense that you have to be perfect in everything. I, I would agree, and I think that that's an ideal that you know if if you're afraid to make mistakes or afraid to do something a little different, um, you're just imposing a lot of stress on yourself, but you're also not really growing because then you're not going to try anything new because you might mess up. And I. I heard a speaker say that once, you know, perfection just means you're not doing anything new or different or really trying to grow because it's impossible to maintain a perfection all the time. And and then that way it doesn't make it seem bad. You know, we strive to make the best decisions um, based on the information we have at that time. But, you know, sometimes you can let go a little and, and have, I don't know, let the kids have pizza or fast food for dinner or, you know, if that's been one of the things or, you know what, if they don't want to take a bath tonight, it's not going to be the end of the world, you know, and there are, you know, all those different kinds of things that there is a lot of stability and a lot of comfort in a routine. I I understand that. However, sometimes it's nice to give yourself a break and be like, oh, let's just be a little... Let's take a, let's just take a breath and you know what? It doesn't have to be this way all the time. That takes growth. And I think that also takes, Julie, is just recognizing realistically, there's a lot going on. And, you know, I, this is where I can and can't do. And that happened to me once we had, once I had my third child, I was like, this is a whole different ball game, (laughs) you know? And hey, party invites. That may be, you know, a few days before, not the two weeks and the lovely invitation and all that. Like sometimes it's just like we're making do and giving yourself grace, giving others grace that, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. And sometimes when it's not perfect, it actually can be better. You have to remember perfection doesn't really exist anyway. Not in this way. Yeah. And I think it's true. We think it does, but it doesn't. No. On social media, you might think it does. You're looking at everything you're like, you know, um, it 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 really doesn't though, Julie. You're right. No. Anything else you want to add on this topic? I think we've covered it pretty well. Sounds good. Well, until next time. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Women Winning Divorce. We hope you found information to help you navigate your divorce. If you like our show, please take the time to subscribe and provide a five-star review. If you need more information, please visit our website at womenwinningdivorce.com, where you will find previous episodes and other helpful content. Join us next week as we continue our journey of Women Winning Divorce. It's time to spring on the cold brew topped with cold foam at Dunkin'. Whether you're feeling a little salty with our rich and creamy salted caramel cold foam or a 
little sweet with our smooth and velvety sweet cold foam, we've got the perfect sips to match your springtime mood. So it's like a choose-your-own-cold-foam adventure? That's right. And no matter which smooth sips you're feeling, you always win. Well, then I'm in the mood for an adventure. Spring it on with salted caramel cold foam and sweet cold foam at Dunkin'. D.D. Perks members can enjoy a medium for $3. America runs on Dunkin'. Exclusions, additional charges, and terms may apply. Participation may vary.